Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Don't be going in and out. I don't need to go in and out. Are you going to go out? You got to go out. I can't have you in and out. The door is wrong. So if you go out, you stay out. Make a choice. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Today is Friday, November 3rd, 2023, and you are listening to episode 628, and we'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 28, and then the second half of the show is called, How Bad Does It Have to Get? And now for the daily disclaimer, I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice, and I do not have a political degree, have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI, and while I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies, and I also want to emphasize that I do not have any affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the liberty... The, excuse me, the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. And I'm not involved with any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not advocate or endorse or advocate or endorse for violence. And I am not a party to any deep state cult, Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants who are actively trying to employ the General General Assemblies. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. Pardon me for a second, folks. Big buggy here. I need something to get rid of this big buggy. Can I use a piece of paper? I need a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are you at, dude? There we go. Okay. Got him. Don't worry, Dad. Okay. 
Okay, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that little delay. I had the biggest, ginormous spider right in front of my face. And that is one of the reasons why I was so distracted when I was reading my daily disclaimer. It took so much in me to stay focused. And if you knew how much of a baby I am when it comes to spiders, I was freaking screaming on the inside like a little girl. <laughs> Just screaming like a little girl. But it's gone. We killed it. It's all good. So, all right. Um, I do want to start off with a little Bible scripture real quick, just uh, outside of the normal reading that we're going to do here in the book of Job. But I just feel like the need to, uh, you know, read this. I posted this on my His Hardline Telegram page. It's John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That is absolutely right. Do not be afraid. Don't fear. Fear not, because fear is a liar, just so you all know. Okay, so um, where do I want to, let's see, I want to start off by playing this audio piece real quick. Quite interesting. It's very, very quite interesting. Give us a quick listen to regarding, uh, you know, everybody's beloved Chick-fil-A. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A, but listen to all the nonsense and all the chemicals that are inside a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Not only that, Popeye's as well. Listen to this. That's very interesting. Uh, 50 different chemicals in a Chick-fil-A sandwich and 40 different chemicals in a Popeye sandwich. 
And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, America is obese beyond belief. And this is why America, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the most unhealthiest countries in the world. We have so many fast food restaurants that has so much garbage and junk in, you know, injected into it. There's a lot of man-made chemicals that is put into this, but yet people want to classify this as quote-unquote food. This is absolutely insane. And this is why it's so important, why we need to get back to God's green earth, a good real food that's fact, you know, factory-free, right? Farm-raised and never touching a factory floor, okay? Basically straight from, from farm to table. This is why my wife and I have been working very diligently at learning how to garden and also learning where we can get more localized meat and eggs that does not touch, um, you know, anything of a factory or any type of processing plant. Uh, the honey that we get is local, um, not just locally bought, you know, from farms that we trust, but we also have a friend of ours who has honeybees. And I get honey directly from him that he spins himself. It comes straight out of the honeycomb. He even asked if I want some of the honeycombs. There is nothing that touches that mason jar other than pure raw honey from the honeycomb from his field. See, all the crap that they have out there is what they're trying to put in to get us to be drugged up and get us stupid and unhealthy and, and, and you name it. You name it. Whatever, whatever ideas they can concoct to put in our food for whatever, you know, diabolical reasons, you better believe they've already got to figure it out and they're already active on it. And they have been active on it for quite some time, which is why we need to get back to good whole food again. Because again, a lot of the ailments that we can cure in our body comes from just eating real whole food and staying away from processed and processed sugars and crap like that and processed meats. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, what... I kind of want to just kind of get into a little bit before we get into the reading is I kind of want to discuss for a moment. Um, I don't want to say that a very fascinating aspect of human psychology. And that aspect would be why some of the most valuable lessons that we learn today are often the ones that hurt us the most. Why is that? Why is it that, some of the most valuable lessons that we typically learn the most from are the ones that have the most collateral damage, right? Those are the ones that hurt us the most, whether it's, you know, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. Why is it that those relate, you know, those mistakes, um, you know, the, the ones that hurt the most, why did those hurt, the, you know, make us, you know, that hurt the most make us learn more? You see, it's not just a random coincidence that these painful experiences stay with us. There's actually a pretty deep psychology behind it. Now, first, let's talk about the emotional memory for a moment, because our brains, our brains are wired to remember emotionally charged events. And when we feel strong emotions, be it pain, fear, regret, doubt, right, whatever, our brains create powerful neuro, excuse me, neural connections that etch these memories into our mind. It's like our brain is saying, pay attention to this. It's important. But why does this happen? Well, it goes back to our survival instinct. Now, evolutionarily, for lack of better terms, 
we have to remember what caused this harm to avoid it in the future. So our brains develop this mechanism to ensure our survival, right? That in that fight or flight mode. And now what's interesting is that these painful lessons often lead to personal growth. And when we face adversity, we learn resilience. We relearn uh, problem solving skills and critical thinking skills, and as well as the ability to adapt to challenges and changes. See, it's like the crucible of life forging us into stronger, more capable men and women. Now, have you ever heard of cognitive dissonance? Now, I'm sure you have because, you know, that has been something that has been a term that we've heard over the last couple of years. Now, what cognitive dissonance is, is when we experience something that conflicts with our beliefs or expectations. And this creates a psychological discomfort that makes us deeply reflect on the experience. Well, guess what? That reflection reinforces the memory of the painful lesson. Now, there's something else that I also want to point out. And those would be the stories that we tell. See, painful experiences have compelling narratives. And when we share them with other people, they tend to resonate strongly with others. And that makes them more memorable, not just for us, but for the people that we share them with. And so finally, there's the, also the idea of learning from our mistakes, like I was saying. Painful experiences like mistakes or failures are powerful teachers. The emotional weight of these experiences acts as a strong deterrent, preventing us from repeating the same errors in the future. So, so to sum it up, you know, the reason why painful lessons stick with us so strongly is a blend of emotionally, emotional intensity. It's our evolutionary need to survive. And the personal growth we gain, the cognitive process at play, the impactful narratives, and the valuable lessons we learn from our mistakes. These lessons, while painful, are often the ones that shape us into the individuals that we are today. And see, when you look at what's going on around our climate, our economic and our political climate today, and what's going on in the world, you know, like I was been like I have been discussing. We have so many people that are learning different, you know, realities. And there's so many people out there that are getting absolutely fed up and they're getting discouraged. They're getting upset because they're like, when when's the military going to come in and save us? Well, I keep telling you guys that's not going to happen because the military is waiting on us. OK, I don't know how much more clear I can get on that. But yet we get so many people out there that get so pissed off and they get so upset about this. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. We as a people are not going to learn from our mistakes and learn how to forge forward into a new republic, into a, you know, a returned republic, I should say. OK, returning to the republic that we should have always had a constitutional republic where we, the people, are the ones in charge doing the people's work. We are not going to be able to you know, turn into we're not going to be able to. How do I want to say this? Let me think about my words for a second. We are not going to be able to. Step into that role of doing the people's work if we have not learned the hard lessons. You see, if we just sit idly by and expect other people to just come at our beck and call and, and, and come to our rescue like a knight in shining armor, what have we learned? Do you think you and I, if we just did that and sat idly by while somebody else fixes our problems, do you think you and I are even worthy or deserving of freedom and to do the, the people's work by sending people to, you know, sending delegates to Continental Congress to to run our country. I mean, do we even deserve that right? 
Probably not if we haven't learned hard lessons, but people need to learn the hard lessons. Which is one of the reasons why I wanted to cover what I covered just a little bit ago. Now let's get into the reading of Job chapter 28. I'm reading out of the 1599 Geneva Bible, chapter 28. And this is where Job shows that the wisdom of God is unsearchable. Starting with verse 1. It's a little bit longer, but here it is. Verse 1. The silver surely has his vein, and the gold his palace, where they take it. Iron is taken out of the dust, and brass is molten out of the stone. And God puts an end to darkness, and he tries the perfection of all things, and he sets a bond of darkness and of the shadows of death. The flood breaks out against the inhabitant, and the waters forgotten of the foot being higher than man are gone away. Out of the same earth comes bread, and under it, as it were fire, is turned up. The stones thereof are a place of sapphires, and the dust of it is gold. This is a path which no fowl has known, neither has the kite's eye seen it. The lion's whelp have not walked it, nor the lion passed thereby. He put his hand upon the rocks and overthrows the mountains by the roots. He breaks rivers in the roots, and his eye sees every precious thing. He binds the floods that they do not overflow, and the thing that is hid bringeth he to light. But where is wisdom found, and where is the place of understanding? Man does not... Uh, man is not the price thereof, for it is not found in the land of the living. The depth says, it is not in me. The sea also says, it is not with me. Gold shall not be given for it, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It shall not be valued with the wedge of gold or of ophir, nor with the precious onyx, nor the sapphire. The gold nor the crystal shall be equal unto it, nor the exchange shall be for plate of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral, nor of the gabbish, for wisdom is more precious than pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not be equal unto it, neither shall it be valued with the wedge of pure gold. Where then comes wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all the living, and is hid from the fowls of the heaven, destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears, but God understands the way thereof, and he knows the place thereof. For he beholds the ends of the world and sees all that is under heaven to make the weight of the winds and to weigh the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunders, then did he see it and counted it? He prepared it and also considered it. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. I think that is worth repeating again. A very good quote to remember. Job chapter 28, verse 28. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. And that is the whole reading of Job chapter 28. <clears throat> Absolutely, I love that. Now, as, excuse me, one second, folks. What? I said me too. Okay, don't do that anymore. Otherwise, you're going to have to leave. Oh, shh. All right. Sorry about that. I have my daughter in the room. She's doing arts and crafts. So if you hear a little rustling in the background, that would be her. Um, but, you know, so as we ponder uh, the words of Job, we are reminded, again, of the unfathomable wisdom of God. 
Now, just as silver, as we read, right, just as silver has its vein in gold, its hidden palace, the mysteries of the divine, right, of God are beyond our understanding. You see, we see in nature the extraction of iron from dust and the molten of brass from stone, which is a testament to the intricate workings of creation. Now, God's dominion extends to the very essence of darkness and the shadow of death for he tests the perfection of all things. And, uh, and the flood may rage against us, and the waters may surpass our understanding, but you got to remember, God's hand guides even the most overwhelming of trials. Now, from the very earth, bread springs forth, and beneath it the fire of life burns, and the stones are adorned with sapphires, and the dust itself is imbued with gold, and there is a path concealed from the eyes of all creatures known only to the Creator. So he, being God, he sets his hand upon rocks, right, overturning mountains at their roots. And he commands the rivers and reveals the treasures that are hidden in the depths. But where is wisdom to be found, right? Like you have all these precious things, all these natural minerals and resources and, and precious metals, right? And stone that he created that is hidden. But the more important question is where is wisdom to be found? Because wisdom seems to elude the grasp of mere mortals residing in a realm beyond our reach for most it seems right not even the most precious materials on earth can be bartered for wisdom you can't just poof you get wisdom just like that it doesn't work like that you know i had a science teacher when i was in grade school when i was in junior high every time i would set my head down just to rest my head for a few seconds on my science book right if we were in the middle of something or whatever you know uh, if we were in the middle of an assignment or whatever it was my science teacher mr maluk he would always he oh man he boy this guy was tough he would say ah mr jones uh you cannot learn through osmosis please get up we're gonna have to do a monkey bar run and he had a set of monkey bars right outside his room you know his emergency door for uh, fire drill escape right uh, his his room uh, was right outside a playground, and the monkey bars were like literally about I don't know thirty yards, forty yards away. But you had to make that run and back. You had to run out to the monkey bars and back in in under thirty seconds to get oxygen pumping through your brain. But I remember he would always say that you're not going to gain the knowledge through osmosis by setting your head on the books. Get your head up and get some oxygen in your brain. Let's go for a run. Well, same thing with wisdom. You're not just going to barter your most precious valuables for, for wisdom. It just doesn't work like that. See, the wisdom of the ages is not to be valued with the finest gold or the rarest gemstones because it even surpasses the coral and pearls in value. So then the real question is, well, where does you know wisdom reside? Where can we seek understanding? Very important questions to ponder because it remains hidden from the living and from the birds in the sky and even in the depths of the sea, destruction and depth have a heart have heard of its fame, right? Destruction and death have heard of the fame from wisdom. But its true dwelling place, right? Wisdom's true dwelling place is known only to God. And he who beholds the ends of the world, all that is under the heaven, measures the winds and the waters. And he decrees the rain and directs the lightning. And his wisdom beyond our comprehension governs the very elements around this world. 
And so in our quest for understanding, we are reminded by Job's words, Behold, and I quote, Behold, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. End quote. I absolutely love that verse. Verse 28 and Job 28. So to seek wisdom is to seek a connection with God, and true understanding is found in the path of righteousness. You're not going to gain understanding by walking and being friends with evil. You're just not. Sorry. And only true wisdom can be found in having a true, genuine fear of the Lord. Now, I'm going to take a quick little break. I'm going to take a sip of water, and we will be right back. Hi, kiddo. Hi, Daddy. I'm sorry I interrupted you twice. That's fine, baby. You're fine. Just... I didn't need to. Yeah, I know, baby. Come here. You're fine. I try to be quiet with my You're stuff. You're doing good. I just... My stuff is really loud. That's what... Alright. Okay. Sit down. Daddy's going to do it right back on here in about another second. Alright, okay. sit down. So how bad does it have to get? How bad does it have to get before we start learning our lessons? All right, back to like what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. How bad does it have to get before we actually start learning the important lessons in life? You know, it's very interesting. So let me just touch on this for a brief moment. So this happened today. It is interesting what's been going on with the banks and the direct deposits not hitting for many. There's a lot of guys at work. Today is payday for us, and there's a lot of guys at work. They're like, our paychecks have not have not been hitting. Like, I, we haven't had it hit today, and and, and it hasn't even been pending because usually we can see it pending two days in advance. But it's interesting. A lot of people who bank with PNC or U.S. Bank or Huntington or J.P. Morgan Chase or Bank of America. There's so many banks out there for some reason. For some reason. These direct deposits aren't going through. I, I have no idea what's going on. Now, what's kind of interesting, I, I'm, I'm going to just share this with you. So, I, like, we have a credit union. So, everyone's asking me, did your paycheck hit? Well, yeah, it hit. It hit, but we have a credit union. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you got to remember that there, if, if the financial institutions out there, if they're not Basel three compliant, you know, they're going to be finding themselves in a real bad situation. And the banks that aren't Basel three compliant are going to be the ones that customers are going to have the hardest time getting their money from. Now, could this be the case in this particular situation? I don't know because I'm not a financial expert, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But I will say I do find it very interesting and compelling that these issues have occurred because like, for example, one of my coworkers was saying, yeah, because this paycheck, because he banks with a bank that actually once, once the paycheck shows that it's pending, they have a program where they release the funds immediately. So you don't have to wait two days later, which would be Friday. So like he would receive his check available, right? On Wednesday instead of today on Friday. Well, because it didn't go through, guess what? He accumulated roughly about $600 worth of overdraft fees. It's like, oh, crap. Now, think about this for a second. Now, 
could this be a bigger ploy, right? Could this be a bigger ploy? So Destry, I was, I was talking with Destry earlier today on the phone and he was saying he was even having issues with his PayPal because he's got a commercial and a private account and he was having issues with PayPal and PayPal was trying to lock his funds up. Well, anyways, to spare details, because it's not my story to tell, he ended up basically shifting stuff around and oh, lo and behold, PayPal sends him an email. I'm like, oh, um, we are sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, we, we have released your funds and, and uh, your accounts are now unlocked because they basically, what they did is they locked him from his money. Yeah. And that's PayPal. Okay. And we're seeing a lot of people having these issues. Um, somebody posted on Telegram, I, I think it was from the, the General MC News on Telegram. It says multiple U.S. banks were hit by deposit delays on cause and caused by an error at the payment processing network, according to the Federal Reserve. Well, first off, the Federal Reserve doesn't really exist anymore because they haven't been printing their worthless Federal Reserve notes um, because all that got absorbed with the Treasury in Texas. But it is very, very, a very interesting story. <clears throat> See, what what happened to one of my coworkers? Okay, think about this. I wonder how many people this happened to. So, if you question, the question would be: This is what Destry says. The question is: How many billions of dollars did the banks rake in with all of these overdraft fees? Think about it for a second. Because would would this be a ploy? Would, could this be a ploy to, what do you want to call it, implement the bank bail-ins, right? Because remember in 0809 or 070809 timeframe, we had the bank bailouts, which the federal government took our hard-earned tax dollars and bailed out the banks. Well, now we have what's called bank bail-ins. So, you know, if you're part of a bank that is struggling, they could take your deposits and use that to bail themselves out. It's called a bank bail-in. But think about this for a second. How many, okay, you take the one guy at work who had $600 worth of overdraft fees because his funds weren't available, right? And bills ended up hitting his account, right? Now you take 1 million customers of all different banks, right? 1 million customers of all different banks, right? And you take those million customers multiply that by $600 on average in overdraft fees because you got you better believe he's probably not the only one that has that okay $600 in overdraft fees 1 million customers and 1 million customers out of 300 plus million people in this country is not out of the realm of of possibility how much money did they just make they made over 600 million dollars 600 million dollars just in overdraft fees you see how that works? My mom ended up getting a message with, uh, let's see, what is this? Uh, Bank of America it says, yeah, same, some deposits may be temporarily delayed. Uh, some deposits from 11.3 may be temporarily delayed due to an issue impacting multiple financial institutions. Your accounts remain secure and your balances will be updated as soon as the deposit is received. You do not need to take any action. Now, what is actually going on is beyond my comprehension and understanding, but you better believe, folks, that I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. You better make sure you have your precious metals. You, have, you better believe you better have cash on hand, ammo, guns, food reserves, water, things of that nature. Bibles. Having extra Bibles, okay? 
I mean, more importantly, that's the one thing you're going to want a lot of is ex extra Bibles around the house, okay, and spare Bibles beyond, behind those Bibles. But what's it going to take? How bad does it have to get? Now, I want to play the audio. It was, so if you've ever, if you've seen the, the, the recent film from Dinesh D'Souza, Police State, it's a very good film. I shared it on my Telegram. It's like three and a half hours long. Um, not the documentary, but from start to finish, you know, because it was presented at a live show and a Q&A session. I'm going to play a five-minute clip. It's a Q&A with Dan Bongino and Dinesh D'Souza. But this is a very interesting question that someone in the audience posed. Uh, let's give this a quick listen. What are you doing? Huh? Okay, so we're going to leave that alone because uh, it does go longer. The audio does go longer, but I don't want to play another two and a half minutes. Uh, Dinesh had a good answer, but here's the problem, though. Here's the problem with that whole argument. Now, first off, I like what I like what Dan Bongino said about 
you know, how bad does it have to get? Does it have, do we have to reach inflationary rates of 19%? Like, what do we have to get at? You know, like back during the, you know, the, you know, Jimmy Carter years, how bad does it have to get before you invoke change, right? Um, oh, the, the energy crisis that they, that, well, let's be real, was manufactured, but, you know, waiting in gas lines, right? Waiting in gas lines. Guess what? Then at that point in time, it was bad enough. See, Destry even says this. Oops, sorry, I bumped the mic. Even Destry was saying this, okay, because this is a very, very important fact of life. People need to hear me, okay? You, Everyone needs to hear me, okay, because I've made peace with this. Now, some would argue and say, my God, it seems like at the rate that we're going, it might take another 10 years before we get our 38 states to reassemble. Well, you know what? If it takes another 10 years, then so freaking be it. How bad does it have to get? Apparently, if it has to take another 10 more years, then that would mean that people have not learned enough lessons. Okay? It means things have not gotten bad enough. People weren't pushed to their precipice. But yet we got so many people out here that want to bitch, whine, and complain and just you know expect somebody else to do it. Like, why isn't the military stepping up? Why isn't Trump doing this? Or why isn't he talking about the assemblies? Well, guess what? He cannot come in and be the knight in shining armor. We the people have to do that because we the people created the lower branches of government. We the people created the judicial, the executive, the legislature branches. Okay, And we are the ones that comprise the grand jury because the grand jury comes from the pool of people in the general jural assemblies. Destry echoes this all the time. And until it gets bad enough, we're still going to keep living in this hell. You're going to still see, keep seeing issues of your paycheck not coming in. You're going to keep seeing inflation being hit at the grocery stores and you're not going to be able to afford even your cheapest toilet paper. You might as well go to the bank and take out a bunch of 20s and use that for toilet paper because that's how worthless our fiat currency is getting. It's going to be better to wipe your own rear end with a $20 Andrew Jackson than to go out and buy toilet paper. How bad does it have to get for you, the people, to get your butts in gear and get involved with the solutions and stop complaining and pointing out the problems? We know about the problems. The problems have existed for so long. We know the problems. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to point out the damn problems. It takes a real man or woman to act on the solutions. And a big part of that is reassembling your states. You can find more information on it at the national-assembly.net website. Which, by the way, my website, hisheartline.com, I am currently redoing right now actively, so um, you won't see a whole lot there. There's a couple pages there, but I'm still working on it right now as we speak. Just FYI, but uh, just FYI. But Dan Bongino raises a very good question, and I'm going to keep reiterating it. How bad does it have to get? Do you need to see jihadists knocking at your door or busting down your door to, to take, you know, take your family? Does it have to get to that level? I sure as hell hope not. Does it have to get to the levels of where, you know, the, 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 um, your money completely gets drained out 
and you lose everything, like Klaus Schwab keeps saying, you're going to own nothing and be happy. He's going to come take your cars. He's going to take your house. He's going to take your wife, take your kids. All your money is going to get drained out of your bank account. You're going to have CBDCs and you're going to get universal basic income. And you better not post anything, you know, anti-establishment or anti, you know, their agenda. Otherwise, you're not going to get that universal basic income to to go buy all your lab-grown meat and, and vegetables that's basically going to genetically modify you and destroy your health biome. How bad does it have to get? See, it seems like people forgot 2020. It seems like people forgot the hell we went through in 2020. It seems like you people forgot what America was looking like on TV being burned in Detroit and Minneapolis and police stations getting set ablaze with Molotov cocktails by Black Lives Matter and Antifa thug pieces of garbage. I guess you guys forgot about that. I guess you guys forgot about the George Floyd bullshit and, and, and how America basically burned down. You can go to a George Floyd funeral, but God forbid you go to a church service. And those brave pastors out there that actually conducted church services, you know, getting arrested. I guess you guys forgot about that. Haven, you guys sit or go to the bathroom, whatever you got to do. I guess you guys forgot about that. Boy, you guys have short-term memories. Are you telling me it wasn't bad enough then? Was it not bad enough that you had to live with face diapers and you couldn't go to a park or you couldn't even go to your next door neighbor's house or a friend's house during, you know, the, the lockdowns for fear that you might have some Nazi neighbor or Nazi family member that would turn you in? Did it not, was it not bad enough back then? How can you people forget? Just, it, this was only a few years ago. Was it not bad enough then? How bad does it have to get? Do we need occupying invading forces and have a Red Dawn event? Do nuclear bombs have to be set off in every major metropolitan city across this country? Do you have to be dragged out of your homes into FEMA camps? How, how bad does that have to get? I could keep asking these questions. I can't believe how America has just suffered a severe case of amnesia. Yeah, but Jason, everything's better now. I mean, we don't have to wear face diapers anymore. They're not forcing shots down our throats anymore. You know, nobody's losing their jobs anymore because of denying, you know, the jab. Yeah. And you proved one thing to them. That you let them get away with it because you are now back into a state where you are happy with your normal. We are happy with our new normal. So we're just going to forget all the atrocities that occurred just a couple years ago. We're going to forget that 2020 got, you know, the 2020 election got stolen. We're going to forget about all of Hunter Biden's atrocities and all his perversions and uh, all this, you know, child sex traffickers out there. We're just going to forget all about that. Because now I'm not affected anymore. 
I can go to the store and buy my seeds and buy my American flag and put it up in front of my house and I can mow my lawn and live in suburbia and I can go to my friend's house without being dimed out or wearing a, a face diaper or sitting in six foot circle or going up one way, you know, arrow led aisles in the grocery store. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Whoever had that idea, I'd like to smack across the mouth. Well, Jason, that's not very nice. I no, I don't care. That was a stupid, stupid thing. But boy, oh boy, my, have we suffered amnesia on, 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 on a level beyond understanding. How can you forget what they've done to us back then? How bad does this crap have to get? Does your own family need to be kidnapped and, and put in the, in, in, in the human trap? I mean, seriously. It's not a thought I, 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 I joke about, and I hope to God that never happens to any of you. But my question is, what's it going to take for you to get pushed into your precipice and over the edge? What's it going to take? Just because it ain't affecting you now doesn't mean that crap ain't coming to your doorstep. What's it going to take, and how bad does it have to get for you to be prompted into action? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with humble hearts. We seek your guidance and we seek your strength and grace. Boy, do we need your grace. And in the middle of life's challenges and uncertainties, we turn to you for peace and wisdom. We ask that you grant us the courage to, to face each day with faith and hope and, and help us to see the beauty in the world around us and the love in our hearts that you know of those that we encounter. We ask for your blessings upon our loved ones, that they may find peace and happiness in their own lives during the storm that we're currently facing. And may you watch over them and keep them safe and from harm. We ask that the blood of Jesus Christ place a hedge of protection around all those that we love, including our homes. And Lord, we also ask and pray for the less fortunate, the sick, the afflicted, the suffering. May your healing touch be upon them, right? And, and may they find comfort in their times of need. And in our daily journey, may we remember to be kind and compassionate, to extend a helping hand to those in need, and to live our lives in accordance with your will. And we offer this prayer with gratitude for the many blessings that you bestowed upon us, and with faith that you will guide us on the path of righteousness. In your Holy Son's name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, look, I don't mean to get heavy-handed in this topic, all right? And I, I hope I did not, you know, the last thing I'm trying to do is is freak you out. But I, I'm, I'm being serious when I raise these concerns and I bring this question up. You have to think about these things. And I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek with a lot of what I'm saying here. I am absolutely serious when I do ask these questions. Like, how bad does it really have to get? Do we have to see a nuclear event occur? Honestly? That could be one of the scare events for all we know. I don't know. But something has got to jolt America from the 6 to 7% of awakened Americans to bring that number significantly up to 90, 95%. Because right now, everything that's being exposed in front of our very eyes, people are still asleep. So now we are kind of reaching what they call what? Critical mass. It's time to jolt America awake. So what does that look like? Perhaps a nuclear event. I don't know. 
perhaps your bank account being drained down and being risked, you know, having the risk of, of losing your home. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's going to have to affect everybody. Everybody. It's going to affect everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for today. I hope wherever you're at in the world, you have a blessed night, blessed day. Thank you for joining. Remember, tomorrow is Saturday. It is a podcast-free Saturday. I will be back live on the air on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Okay, my wife will be doing a women's Bible study during that time. So I'm going to do the podcast an hour early that day. But tomorrow will be a podcast-free day. I'm going to enjoy some family time. But I do have some pressing business I need to take care of tomorrow. And I hope you all have a great Great day. Great night. Remember, eyes on Jesus. Ask Christ to be in your heart. Have no fear. That's what the Bible says 365 times because fear is a liar. Fear is a motivator to cause you to do stupid things, and it's just not worth it. Don't freak out. Don't, 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 don't be scared. We are going to be just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back here on Sunday. God bless. Hey, baby. I do. Um, I don't, um... Oh, I like it. Next one is chapter one of God's story. I like it. We worship you. I like it. In spirit and truth. For all you've done. For all you've done. And all you'll do. I like it. Thanks, Bob. We worship you.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Check out the website www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Why put the devil? Is that track the plastic movie is on this track, hey? Yeah, got it. Well, I know you have the box, but you need the plastic so it just makes it like harder. Yeah, you don't really need the plastic. Yeah. And then um I think I was a little very good on 
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Live. We'll see you back here next time. Or no more. I thought they draw more here. See?